The contents of our show have many references to alcohol and drinking. We want to acknowledge our friends in recovery and let them know we love you and support you. If you or someone you know is a person with substance use disorder, you can call 1-800-662-HELP. Sitters here, taxis not far, meet you at the closest bar. No toddler grass until sunrise, slowly sip that whiskey ride. The other parents for it's near, it's time to hit that bottle of Megan Casey just getting me all hyped up over here. Okay. Yeah, what happened? Woo, woo. Well, I tried to put my pillow hold up my period back Uh that's breaking but anyway anyway happy evening um surprise 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 friends surprise surprise we are in your ears on a saturday oh saturday (laughs) i was thinking friday but saturday we're in your ears on a friday Do, do people even do we people even post? Well, let's do Saturday. Whatever. Maybe Sunday. Let's get saucy. All right. Wake up Sunday and we're here. Here we are. Sure. We whatever. just um whatever day whatever day it is that this uh drops, we're here. And uh we've got some extra content for you. We've got a little yeah. chaser to our normal uh meaty episodes. Mm-hmm. Um we've been receiving quite a bit of stories from you guys so we wanted to um, a li- some of them are a little bit longer than the ones that we can fit inside of our regular episodes so but we still want to highlight you guys and hear your voices so we're gonna play some of those longer ones today and yeah this know. is this is all about spilled this is the all about the spill the wine so we've yeah. got um to spill the wine submissions tonight and mm-hmm. we're not going to do much uh talking about any other subjects we're just going to kind of get into those play those probably have a little bit of conversation around them once we're done with it and then um and that's that's what we're bringing you tonight so we're excited yeah. about these stories yeah i'm excited to hear them um we are still drinking though per usual oh ob- obviously <laughs> obviously however tonight i <laughs> In case anybody cares, I um, I have uh, um, the only wine I can drink <laughs> is mm-hmm. my my Oyster Bay Sauvignon mm-hmm. Blanc. Oyster Bay, sponsor us, please. Mm, it's I literally probably buy out cases because it's the only thing I <laughs> fucking wine I can drink. So, um, That's I've me. went, I've gone down the rabbit hole of basic mother, basic, basic bitch. I'm drinking White Claw. Um, I don't favorite? care to be judged. I have the here's 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 how I do it. I have the twelve twelve pack. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, uh, the variety pack, if you will. She's and like, I drink I drink half of them, so now I, it's a six pack. No, I <laughs> do I have left? <laughs> no, no. So I put it in the fridge. And I have, a, I have a weirdly small fridge, sorry for another time, but uh, <laughs> because when you get apartments in Los Angeles, they don't have fridges. You have to buy a fridge in an apartment. Anyway.
anyway, um, I got a real small one. So, um, but yeah, my, so what I do is I just put them straight in the fridge and I just open it and whatever's first, I just I grab, but here's my, my, my mental process with all things when it comes to like eating or drinking is I kind of want to get the, my least favorite out of the way. Absolutely. So I'm happy to, I'm actually happy to report to you that I, uh, I'm drinking raspberry because it's my least favorite. So you know that I'm at the beginning of my box. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) what's the end of the box look like? I'll tell you in in an hour. (laughs) Uh, Wait, so if you don't like raspberry, because that's one of my my favorites, Mm -mm. what flavor do you like? Mm -mm. Black cherry. The raspberry tastes like, you and I have had this conversation. Yeah. Black cherry is my favorite. The raspberry is it's just a little bit – it's just too much of a subtle flavor. It feels like – what did we say? Like uh, I probably saw this meme somewhere, but it's my favorite, favorite White Claw uh, explanation. <laughs> it's it's like drinking static while someone yells a fruit from the other room. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. I feel like that with, um, again, <laughs> grapefruit. We, maybe I love we the just- grapefruit. Maybe that's like our mascot. Our mascot is the grapefruit. Um, Pample moose. I I don't like the grapefruit. There's something about white claws that the aftertaste. And we've mm-hmm, talked about mm-hmm. this too, but mm-hmm. the aftertaste is pretty strong. I feel mm-hmm. like so yeah. you don't quite taste the flavor of what you're drinking in the first couple of sips. You taste it like. Well, in the, in the first couple of sips, but after you swallow, it's like kind of lingers on your tongue yeah. a little bit. Like, and if I, that's when I really taste the flavor. So like, um, I like lime, raspberry, black cherry, but I don't, what, grapefruit, grapefruit's a popular one. I feel like there's another one over People summer. Like we mango. drink a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, I don't, ooh. yeah. Get out of here with your mango. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You can mango. Ah. <laughs> you can. We can start the episode now. Yeah. <laughs> and play. No. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No. Uh, mango's the worst. But, I, you know, listen, the thing about White Claw is it doesn't make me feel like shit. And I can drink a lot of it. So bring on the static. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the, the White Claw slogan there for a second. I was like, what oh, is no. the White Claw? What is the White Claw slogan? <laughs> I'm not going to give it any attention. I can't. I can't. Stop pressuring me. I can see the way you're I, looking at me. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I genuinely, I'm going to look it up. I don't even know what it is. You know what it is. No, I don't. I don't know that. I just buy them at the bodega. I and feel like. With my eyes closed and pretend like nobody can see me, even though half the time people are like, well, she's buying a, she's buying a case again. <laughs> Or our liquor store people must think or like think it's the good thing about quarantine is you can't go into or yeah nobody cares you can't no. go in at the same time so like Billy and I can alternate and I'll go in and buy like four bottles and the next day Billy will go in and buy four bottles it's like nobody knows the difference they don't um, know we're I'm... living in the same house <laughs> that's true that's true Unless they see you together all the time and they're just like, they know you're always together. I hope well, I hope you're not referring to ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. That's what I was but referring if you, to. Oh, man. It's true. It's true. I feel, <laughs> I feel like a rebel when I drink a claw. Ain't no laws over here. 
ain't no laws when you're drinking claws, baby. There's a baby at the end of it, too. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Look what we just All said right. to Sarah. Sarah's. <laughs> <laughs> She's ready. She's ready to take on the night. She's a lady I, of the night. You know what? I should just admit that I really like them and stop being such a. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, Fuck it. I just really like them. Like they what taste, you want. They you taste know? good. You know what I think they need to do, though? Just in case they're listening, in case somebody who loves <laughs> and works for White Claws. White Claw, are you like out a, there? Oh, excuse me. Don't don't be offended by my static comment. I like I like it. It's just that's just the truth. Um, they need to make like a spicy. I had a, I had a. I don't remember oh. if it was there. I know it's weird, but there was a kind that I had recently. It wasn't White Claw. It was something else. I was trying out something new, and. Uh, it was like a chili something flavor. I can't remember what the fruit was. It was great. It had like a little kick. It like got you right. Oh, oh, you like that right there? Oh, I love it. It made me so happy. Oh, it gives me like, you know, when you like, okay, so we're talking like right at the end of your jawline underneath your ear. Yeah, like that's right where like your lymph node. Where it goes like, <laughs> like if you hit yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Sarah. <sighs> Some people you just. You just don't know what to do with them. I know. I know. These are secrets you've never known about me. And here we are. Here we are. I love you anyway. Okay. Minus your... Uh, well, thank you. Your throat enjoyments. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, White Claw's all I've had for about a year, so... Um, <laughs> just saying. It's been a while. Oh, In fact, same. it's probably been over here. Anyway, all right, all right, all right, all right. Shall we? This shall we? Shall we continue? Shall we, shall we throw yeah. on the story? Okay. Yeah. So our first, uh, uh, Sandy will be spilling her wine, um, to us first, and um, I think that maybe both of these get a little bit raw and real, and we're really excited about that, and um, we are here, we are here to hear it, and yeah. uh. So let's go, Sandy. Hey, Sarah. Um, it's Sandy. So I finally did it. I'm recording myself, which comes turns out I've never done before. I also had one glass of wine, which is probably the most I can do on a week night. Um, so definitely not drunk, but, you know, warm. Um, and I guess I'll share my birth story with you um, just because I was so um, intrigued by the work you're doing with this podcast and because there is a lack and a void of a platform of this kind um, that I definitely felt seven years ago when I gave birth to Vida. Um, Seven years ago, I guess eight years ago-ish, right? Um, I was trying to get pregnant and very excited about it. Um, Was married and married and my husband and I were super eager, planning everything out, took all the classes, wanted to get it perfect as I try to do and everything, which is so ridiculous. Um, and the universe definitely showed me that huge lesson when I gave birth to Vida. Um, so she was um, a Taurus, which we planned. We looked at this Chinese calendar to plan to have a girl and we also oh timed God. it so she would be me a Taurus because my husband wanted to have a Taurus baby. I don't know. It's weird, but that's what we did. And sure enough, she was a, she (laughs) was a she, um, as far as we know. Right. And she was a Taurus born May 5th. Um, 
I went into labor on May 3rd. Mind you, I'd taken all of the classes and had the expectation that um, I was going to do an all-natural birth. I also typed that up in my birth plan per all my classes and um, was too poor to get a doula, which I really wanted and was too anxious to do an at-home birth, which I also really wanted to do. We ended up going to UCLA um, with the instruction that I was going to do an all-natural birth. That was my birth plan. That was typed. That's what was supposed to happen. Um, So on a Friday night, I uh, start leaking, right? Um, And it's not clear. It's definitely gray area. It's not that burst of water that's supposed to, when your water breaks, when they say like, okay, call the hospital if the water is, you know, a certain color. Um, it was a slow leak and I was very confused and I went and changed a pad because I was like, did I pee? I don't know what I'm, what's happening down there. So I changed my pad and I remember within an hour, I changed my pad three times. It was like 1am and I turned to my husband and said, I think I might be in labor. Like, I think my water broke. And he was like, okay, well, should we go to the hospital? And I said, no, because all the classes tell us just to wait unless it's like a burst of water. So I went ahead and took a shower because that was part of, you know, the lesson I learned in class that you just chill out at home as much as you can. So I took a shower. But while I was in the shower, my water definitely broke. And when I came out of the shower, it was like just gushing everywhere. Like I had a towel wrapped around me like a diaper um the whole car ride to the hospital no contractions just water a lot of water and um I remember looking at the moon and thinking it's May 4th I guess I'm having my daughter tonight 1 a.m ish May 4th I we drive to the hospital to UCLA and um I get checked in and mind you I've had no contractions at this point and I find out that I'm like you know maybe zero centimeters dilated so still a long road forward ahead it's my first child so I had no idea what to expect Maybe zero. um and so you know I patiently wait and wait um through the night hand out my birth plan I notice like this weird sense of like um the nurses and doctors you know when they receive my birth plan kind of ro- rolling their eyes a little bit I felt it and um, they didn't do it but I felt it Um, and I don't know if that's, I felt it in hindsight or I felt it there. I couldn't tell you, but I felt it. Um, and so I wait patiently and, um, we, you know, my mom and sister, everyone's at the hospital because naively we all assumed she would be there any minute. Um, next day, next morning, the nurse comes in and she's like, okay, we're having the baby today, but you have still not dilated. So, you and your husband should probably go into the bathroom and have him stimulate you, like sexually. <laughs> um, and that usually helps. Like, wow. it's nice. You want to do this naturally. It's a natural way. I like that the, it'll help induce the baby. Yeah. So with my mom and sister in the room, my husband and I go into the shower of the bathroom, which is connected to the room, and very awkwardly try to do things of the sexual nature but not have sex and nothing turned me on it's just weird you know I'm just like my mom's in the next room and they know what we're trying to do and I'm like this is weird it was not comfortable (laughs) it was awkward I'm pregnant and like Like, it just wasn't nothing happened came of it so we go back to the room and um 
they check again and they're like, yep, you're still at one <laughs> centimeter. So this had been like, you know, well, you got it. almost you got a full day at this point. Um, and apparently somewhere along the line at like 3 p.m. on May the 4th. Oh, my husband ran out and got the newspaper for May the 4th. We thought like she was going to be born on that day. Very excited. Anyway, um, long story, very long story, trying to cut it short. At around like 3 p.m.-ish on Saturday, the doctors are like telling me we have to induce. They're like, we have to induce. This is getting like a little bit too prolonged. You know, she, you're losing too much liquid. Um, I, I felt like I was pressured into getting induced, to be honest. I wish I had a doula that would have advocated for me. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I guess I don't want to put my baby in jeopardy, right? So I go ahead and get induced. At that point, I had yeah. zero contractions that I had felt. But the moment I got induced, within like an hour, the contractions came and they were insane, like blinding, like zero to 100. Like I fell to the floor with the pain. And I had said I did not want an epidural. And so I think three contractions later, I said, give me the epidural. So the problem is, and that I learned, is that there's a small window that you can get the epidural. And so, you know, they have to find the anesthesiologist. And because I'm trembling in pain and you have to sit very still to get the epidural, I, I had no idea, right? So the anesthesiologist fortunately comes in and fortunately I make it just in time for them to be able to give me the epidural. But I am trembling and they're like, you cannot move. Like if you move one centimeter, you will, it will, will land in the wrong spot. So I remember like a tear falling from my eye and me sitting in a sterile room by myself like scared to death anyway I get the epidural and I fall into a deep depression I felt so guilty I felt so guilty that I like not followed through on my birth plan I felt like I I had done something wrong like I felt like why why did I do this like why didn't I stand firm why didn't I sit through the pain it was like the first experience of like mom guilt right and I really, really, like, just, I fell asleep and felt guilty. Like, I just remember crying myself to sleep, thinking, like, why did I do that? In the meantime, when I wake up, I'm, like, at, mind you, it's been, like, 24 hours at that point. Like, I'd been in labor for 24 hours. I was starving. I was thirsty. No one could give me anything but ice chips. And I, I just wanted a soda and a hamburger. So no one would bring me anything. Yeah. I would beg every nurse that would come in. I would beg. Um, I'd beg my husband. No one would give me anything. So finally, my brother shows up to see me, and I tell him I need a soda. I need a soda really bad. And he's like, I don't. I'll try to sneak one in, but I don't think I'm supposed to. I'm like, I don't care. Give me a soda. He brings in a soda. Somehow I I drink it, which apparently is a really bad idea. And the reason they tell you not to drink anything. Um, I started vomiting really bad. And so the nurses didn't know I had a soda. So all they see is me vomiting like almost like a reddish liquid. And they panic and they think like I'm dying inside or something. And then I had to confess like I had snuck a soda. They were really angry with me. Um, Anyway, back to the birth story, um, which this is part of it. But feeling guilty finally comes time to push like 30 hours later I'm talking maybe even 30 to 30 some hours later like we're talking May 5th at this point and I finally start pushing um I pushed for four hours 
pushed for four hours and her head got stuck. So the doctors then tell me, like, look, you tried to do this all natural. We did the best we could. You've pushed for four hours. And the most people typically push is one hour. I had no idea. I wish you would have started that. I wish they would have led with that, you know? Um, and her head is stuck. And they now either need to vacuum it out and or um, C-section. And it would be an emergency C-section at that point because her heart rate was going down. So I chose the C-section route. And something about the drug that um, they gave me before I went to the C-section made my body tremble. My body started trembling yeah. like never before. Mm-hmm. Um, they tie you down. So, so when I took all these classes and lessons, there was a section on C-sections on how to, like, if you have a cesarean birth. And I completely disregarded it because I was like, hmm, it's like, I'm not, that's not going to happen to me. I'm going to do this naturally. So I wish I would have paid more attention because I was terrified. They tie you down and you're in this shape, like, which honestly, I felt like I was Jesus on the cross. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but I was like, you leaned back in this really awkward manner. And I was staring like at the sky at an angle and I could not stop shaking. Like my teeth were chattering and my like arms were trembling. My hands were trembling. I was, I thought I was going to die. And I kept throwing up, and I just kept telling my husband, I can't breathe. I think I'm going to die. Um, I was terrified. And finally, I think an hour after the, the C-section, while I was in it, I remember hearing them counting as they were sewing me up. They count like down 10, 9, 8, 7, 3, 2, 1, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. They're counting like everything over and over and over again. And I remember just going in and out of consciousness. And then finally they bring my daughter to me and this is like 36 hours later at like 9 a.m may the 5th and she's like all bundled up and I was so upset because I had wanted to do like a like a skin to skin contact I wanted to do delayed umbilical cord cut like all of those wonderful things that I thought I could do none of it happened and I remember my husband held her first and she was bundled up and he brought her to me and all I could say was, mm-hmm, okay. And he was so weirded out. He turned to the nurses, and I heard the nurses say, it's normal, it's okay, She's your wife's been through a lot. I'm going to cry. I feel bad. I feel really bad. Sorry. I haven't talked about this story in a long time. And the reason I'm sad is because I thought it would be different. I'd watched, I wanted to be a mom so bad. And I'd watched so many of those stupid Lifetime movies growing up that I thought, like, (laughs) it would just be this joyous, wonderful moment that I have this connection with this child, and I didn't. I just felt so disconnected, and and I just was like, okay. Like, I couldn't even, like, come to terms because I'd been through so much already. To make matters worse, I couldn't breathe. Like, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And so they sewed me up, took me back to my room, and the doctors came to check on me, like, hours later. And I could, all I could tell them was, like, I feel like there's an elephant on my chest. And I remember my husband saying, like, oh, she's fine. And fortunately, they completely ignored him because they, like, pushed me into, like, x-ray, like, immediately and found out that I had pneumonia. 
somehow within the surgery and me throwing up and whatever else, there was fluid in my lungs. And so I, you know, I had pneumonia. They had to like take care of that. And then um, trying to get me to nurse the baby. Vida was up all the time. And my milk did not come in. My milk did not come in for about a month and a half, if you believe me. Like it, it took, no, sorry. My milk didn't come in for like five days, like five days. It, I didn't get her to nurse for two months. Um, it was a nightmare. Like she cried out of hunger. She was so hungry and my milk was not in. And I didn't know that would happen. And I didn't know how hard it would be for her to latch. I didn't know any of those things because in the class, you they just, you know, they just teach you that it'll happen naturally. And it didn't, nothing happened naturally. And I was so angry with myself and I was so mad that like, I don't know, I'd be so upset. I thought this would be like much a happier story and more laughter. So I apologize. I was just really like upset that things didn't go as planned and they never do. Right. And it was just like a big, like I felt a few from the universe being like, you've got to learn your lesson. Things are never going to go as planned anymore because they never did after that. Um, and you know, I it was hard. She she cried a lot. She was not an easy baby. She didn't sleep. She never slept. Um, she wanted to nurse all the time. I had to use the silicone like nipple mm-hmm. to get her That's to latch, which I like I said I used for two months before she actually latched on her own, um, on my own nipple. So it was a nightmare having that freaking silicone around. I had to buy like three because I was terrified that I would lose one one day and then not be able to feed my child. It was a nightmare. She was also born with a neonatal tooth, which is so fun when the doctor comes in, your baby's a day old and you're sitting there all stitched up and can't move. And he said, um, she's born with a tooth. You have to check it every day because if she, if she, if it gets loose, she'll choke and die. And I'm like, cool. Thanks, doctor. That's exactly what a new mom wants to hear. You can imagine how terrified I was of that fucking tooth, checking it every day, thinking like somehow she's going to choke on it when she's sleeping. Um, That tooth didn't fall out till she was six years old, by the way. Um, So, so yeah, it it was bad. It was rough. And I had postpartum depression. um, So I didn't connect with her. I didn't connect with her until she was about four months old. I was angry. I was I was tired. I was depressed. I had horrible thoughts, and and I hated that I didn't love every minute like I thought I was supposed to. That my birth story wasn't like all the others that I'd seen on TV. Um, I hated I hated everything about it, and I was really angry, um, and really bitter that she cried so much, and it was rough. It was really rough. But I remember holding her when she was four months old and rocking her and just thinking I would step in front of a moving train for you and I don't think I've ever thought that about anyone in my life and that's the first time I felt a connection with her was just me rocking her at 4 a.m when she was like four months old and that thought came in and I was like I would I would do anything for her and the cloud started to lift a little bit but it was rough. The first year was rough. And um, I'm now seven years in and, you know, had a second. So obviously I wasn't traumatized enough to stay away. Although I really swore I'd never have another kid until she was about two or three where I felt like I could do it again. Um, 
it's an amazing experience, parenthood, different. and Different, I wouldn't trade it in for the world. I'd do second. it all over again, and I wish I could tell myself to have grace. I wish I could, you know, do it again and not feel guilty and just enjoy the moment that I'm in and just accept it as it comes and just be okay with it. But that's who I am, and that's who I was at the time, and I'm learning and growing from all of it. But um, that's that's my birth story with Vida, and hopefully it wasn't too depressing. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh it's God, it's no. amazing motherhood, and thank you for the work you're doing, and thank you for putting this platform together for moms to hear from each other. It's it's such a delicate subject, you know, and when a new mom tells you they're pregnant, you don't want to share like, well, guess what I went through. Um, but yeah. I was also yeah. very surprised well, that you. I did not know as much as I thought I need to know because I took all the classes, right? Absolutely. And I thought it's going to go she like this. So it'll be fine. I type it out and this happens. Um, I wish I would have known all the other alternatives and avenues it could have taken and all the feelings that I would have felt that are actually okay to feel. Um, but I felt embarrassed to feel I felt embarrassed to check off on the boxes when I'd have my checkups that you know I was having terrible thoughts about my child and my me and and I I just like I can't say that you know I can't admit any of this I was so fragile I was so weak I was so scared I was so anxious um and I'm so glad that's you know I got through that but I wish I had felt more support you got through that time um so I definitely when I see new moms I I do everything I can to help them you know it's so much attention about the baby but I'm like what do you need like do you need food mom do you need me to make you something and I do my best to pay it forward um because moms need love too all right hope this was okay and I don't feel any um um don't feel any obligation to do anything with this, but I just wanted to share my story with you. Bye. <laughs> it was more than okay. It was so more than okay. Though. Oh my God. God, that story. It makes me just want to go. We need every woman who has a child to immediately have a mental wellness a therapist, a a mental wellness check, a like, there needs to be so much more available to us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thank you for sharing that story with us. I think that that's, I mean, what, when I was listening to your story, I was pretty quiet because it was felt very similar to my own, um, in the way of trusting doctors and not knowing what is going on. But I think at one point you were talking about how she was talking about how um, you're just kind of like, okay, like whatever you're telling me to do, I'm just going to do. And that's when her kind of plan went out the window, which Mm -hmm. is such a, for her having a plan and to, I mean, I just kept thinking and and she's saying it, that her plan went out the window and and she feels bad. And my first reaction is like, don't feel bad. And then I'm like, wait, no, like, no, like your feelings are completely valid. You know, like you're if you had a plan and that's what you wanted to do and that's how you pictured things and wanted things to be and it didn't work out that way and you're upset about it, that's, you're, you're completely valid about Mm -hmm. it. But there are so many things that she touched on and things that, and and these are, 
um, I'm, I'm listening to a common trend in a lot of our stories, right? So there is, um, like, we're all fucking hungry. We all, like, are only given ice yeah. chips. Like, so yeah. I, I was just Obviously like, for good reason, but. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, like, I get it. You're not supposed to eat before in case they need to do a C-section. But I, I maybe there's other reasons. I'm sure there's other reasons. I don't know entirely, but. Um, that and like, how come nobody talks about the C-section trembles? So I just oh looked it up gosh. and, um, that it's like completely normal and that it's just like the anesthesia and the blood loss are, um, they're just like causing your body to like kind of freak out. I mean, your body is already doing its largest task, right? Like how we, how we've talked about before. And then on top of that, you're just like dosing drugs after drugs. after drugs. Yeah. So I guess it makes sense, but why don't we ever, I've never seen that in movies. Why does it, right. And why does it have to be that way in a sense of like, we are so capable as a society of all these amazing things and, um, scientists and like, why can't we figure out a way to have a C-section and drug a woman that doesn't involve her convulsing off a table. Like, <laughs> well, I, think I don't, it's, I, 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 it, it's not it's, important. Well, I think it's the drugs though and not the woman, right? It's like, we're trying to just like take care and, and make sure that you're not in any pain, but we're right, also. Right, all of that. But I, I, what I'm saying is there has to, like, I'm saying science can be better. I'm saying the, the drugs that they're giving us, the way that they're treating us, um, this sounds so it just talking about it and going through this and having these conversations it's like it feels archaic and 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 we're in 2020 and we're having these conversations and the three of us specifically mm-hmm. had very similar births and and went so like if we all went through this and didn't talk about it with anybody and now just now we're having this conversation and we're all going, Oh my God, she had this too. And you had this too. And Mm -hmm. she couldn't breathe like you, like, you know, that can't be, this can't be okay. Why is this okay? Yeah. These are things that we might need to be expecting. Like this is, this is, I can't believe that she said I was having the shakes. I was like, Oh my God. I thought it was like maybe a you and me thing, you mm-hmm. know, like, I'm like, mm-hmm. is this just, mm-hmm. I've never heard that from anyone. No, I, and no. I just think that's so bizarre. And also like, she's like the, the lifetime movie image. Like I know we need to cut that out. It is yeah. not reality. Pregnancy is 10 months long. Pregnancy is not fun. Like going to the hospital is not going to be what you think. I mean, I mean, again, on first, on. first, well, right. And for some people it is, and that's great. Yeah. But for the majority of us, and like she took, you know, we talked about not really, you know, I had a loose birth plan, but not really. We didn't, we didn't go to classes. Like she did all of this. She took all of the effort. She knew mm-hmm. so much information. She had so much information, but she still didn't have enough What that when she got there, she didn't like, it's impossible to have all of the information and that's yeah. what they need to tell you. And I, I'm immediately so angry um, when she said that when she got there, she felt like the doctors kind of scoffed at her because yep. that's honestly, that's mom guilt from the second. She didn't even have that baby yet. Mm-hmm. And they're already giving her, you know, and and I know she said she might have just felt it and it wasn't something that they said, but you know, you know, you, know. you feel, you know, you know. You know. And, and that makes me so angry because it's not, 
Oh, it just um. Well, it's all valid. It, I mean, it's so yeah. I mean, it, it, yes. I I I kind of just wrote down. There's no right or wrong because you can do the classes. You can do. Excuse me. You can you can do the classes. You can you know read the books. You can. You can try to be as educated and and prepared and ready to go as much as you want and then or you cannot do that and be in a totally mindless kind of space like I was and look at us we had the same exact yeah same exact but a very similar similar birth Mm -hmm. story and Mm -hmm. and so it's like there is no right or wrong have a birth plan don't have a birth plan there's there's no it depends on entirely what kind of person you are if Mm -hmm. you want to if you want to plan something out, plan something out and feel it. I think part of planning is being aware that, or not being aware, but um, being prepared that maybe your plan won't be a plan. Right. I mean, I, I think that like hearing that and knowing the type of person I am, I think that not knowing was better for me because if I had known and it didn't go as planned, oh, yeah. the stress. The I would have been stress like of it all. A control freak. Yeah. So, I mean, basically yeah. what she's saying, like, I don't know, you know, I don't know if she has the type A personality, but it sounds like she's, so, she want, you know, she wanted it to be AB. She wanted to be prepared. Yeah. And it's like, I can't imagine having had such a, you know, an idea, like a perfect idea of it mm-hmm. and then having it, everything go wrong. Yeah. Wrong. Not wrong. Everything go a different way. Yeah. 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 A wrong in your mind. Right. Um, and I think that also we need to talk about like so many postpartum depression is, is real. And so many women do not feel connected to their babies right away. Mm -hmm. And I wish that we could take that guilt away. I wish I could just, I wish I could just take it away for all of them because yeah. It's a heavy thing it's, to carry. It's so heavy. It's so heavy. And I'm so – I'm also just so thankful and grateful that she was so open with us because I think that these yeah. are the stories that um, this is what people hear and they go, I felt that way too. I thought I, – and I didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's opening up about it and we get to like – we get yeah. to give this gift to other women, essentially. Yeah. Um. I just want to tell her, I just like, you know, I kept wanting to say, don't, don't feel bad. Don't feel guilty. But like yeah. you said, like, no, feel it. You're valid. It's valid. Yeah. But like, gosh, if we could all have grace for ourselves. Yeah. That's, that's what you were talking about yesterday. Yeah. Like giving grace for ourselves and to our children. But yeah, I mean, shit. It's, it's a, it's not, yeah. a, it's not an easy thing. And, and know that that's not too heavy and know that's not too much and know that's not too depressing or anything it's just I just want these are the exact kind of stories that we want to talk about these are the exact things that we want people to hear and and know that Mm -hmm. yes this Mm -hmm. won't this necessarily won't be your experience but this is a um it's almost comforting to listen to other people's I find more comfort in listening to a story where things didn't go right than listening to a story when everything went right. Right, right. Oh, you pushed once and the baby came out? I just don't. Yeah, I like I. That's like so. That's great. I mean, obviously, that's great. 
I just I you find yourself almost connecting to you know a a, a, a rockier path almost and maybe that's mm-hmm. that's who I am as a person which it definitely is you know yeah, I'm not yeah. a smooth sailor by <laughs> any means but um yeah I definitely I'm I'm very thankful that Sandy that you took your time to tell us that story that was that was um just nice to hear mm-hmm. people be vulnerable mm-hmm. and open and um that's exactly what we're looking for so I think she put the you know nail on the head with mm-hmm. like there's this isn't talked mm-hmm. about enough that's why we're here no. we this isn't talked about enough at all I mean whatever it is not necessarily just birth stories but honesty yeah. raw bad right. stuff good stuff right. the hard stuff what we need what we need what we need yeah uh-huh. uh, us yeah humans. Uh, yes humans and and um yes I don't I don't mean to isolate fathers here but as far as women and having children like what the woman needs after birth um because the women a lot of times are forgotten because then it's about the baby and I think that there's just a lot of pieces there's a lot of work to be done there's just a lot of work to be done yeah yeah and when it, we're just gonna yeah. chip 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 away and hopefully at it. we're gonna maybe create something that um helps in the future I mean I just I think that we're gonna I believe that we will I believe with yeah. the help of the people we, who are listening, we, we will. The it's royal not, it's not, it's we, not, all of yeah. us. Yes. It is not just Sarah and I. It is all of us together leading this force. Whew, man. All right. Well, on that note, we've got number two. Are we going to Are we gonna do number two? I think let's do it. Let's do it. Let's make this. Um, it's a, a very long mini-sode. <laughs> a very long <laughs> A, a full episode, in fact. Yeah, yeah. A full episode. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so we have our second, our uh, second spill the wine submission um, from Moira, and we are going to play that for you now. And we haven't listened yet, so we're all experiencing this together. Together. Hey, Lish. I'm super excited. Because even though I'm not having a conversation with you, I'm still talking to you and that feels really awesome. I miss you. You were a badass then, you're a badass now. Just keep it up. Um, always watching, always rooting for you. Uh, I want to thank you for reaching out to me. I'm definitely excited to share my breastfeeding story. Um, I'm also coming off of a 10 hour shift and putting a cranky three-year-old to bed. So forgive me if I sound tired and discombobulated because I am. Every day. Don't every day. we uh, all, honey? So, <laughs> as I said, I have a three-year-old and her name is Luna. So beautiful. She is awesome and beautiful and could not be any more perfecter. <laughs> um, <laughs> she was born... Um, In February 2017, I was so sure that I was going to breastfeed and only breastfeed. Um, I didn't even buy any bottles. When she was born, I did not have any bottles in the house. I... I remember 
all my mom talking about while I was pregnant was how amazing breastfeeding was and how like it was just like just so she just felt like it was so such a bonding experience between her and I when I was a baby um my daughter's father has a sister who was having babies around the same time and it was really awesome we got to like experience it together and we were really our good friends and she breastfed both of her boys beautifully wonderfully um I just didn't even think about not breastfeeding and I'm going to be a little bit honest I'm going to be a lot of bit honest <laughs> I think I was judgy I don't think I was judgy. I was judgy. Mm -hmm. And before I'd even ever had a baby, I thought that if you could not be a success, successful breastfeeder, um, you just weren't trying hard enough. You weren't willing to put in the hours or, you know, you were self-conscious or something. Um, uh, <laughs> it makes me feel a little overwhelmed, so sad. Uh, for myself, just being so ignorant of other mamas. I just feel so bad about it right now. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, when Luna was born, she was awesome. She was perfect. She was like 8 pounds, 6 ounces, 8 pounds, 7 ounces, totally healthy. I was like 40 weeks plus 2. Uh, labor was <laughs> great. You know, I... Uh, labored at home for a while, got to the hospital, you know, pushed for a couple hours. She was out, everything. There you go. <laughs> she yeah. did not latch well in the hospital almost at all. Um, and I remember at one point being half awake and the nurse, like, trying to breastfeed. And I'm like, I asked her, I said, can, can we do this in, like, half an hour? I, I just feel so exhausted. And she said, no, it has to happen now. I'm like, okay, game face on. Trying to do the damn thing. Uh, super, obviously, <laughs> hormonal. I was really sensitive and felt bad that she wasn't latching. Um, yeah. I also have really small nipples, okay? <laughs> I'm just going to My areola is not small. It's not big. It's very normal size. But my actual nipple is tiny. Like, very tiny, okay? And did like not get bigger while life, I was pregnant. <laughs> Who fucking knows? So I can't remember right now. She wouldn't latch. She, I think she latched for, like, a couple of minutes. Um, she had, like, a little bit of formula in the hospital because she had needed something. Um, yeah. I remember sitting over the hospital bed, and I have the hospital breast pump, like, attached and I was just pumping and pumping and pumping and my okay. nipples were starting to hurt and they said that they didn't have um, a size like small enough for my nipple. So I was just trying the smallest one they had. I was getting barely anything. I was getting like an ounce from one boob and like a half an ounce from the other. The hospital must have felt that it was fine because they sent us home. And I do want to say that my the nurses were seemed great and the doctor was awesome. You know, I don't have any ill feelings towards them. But they um, do, though. But we went home. And, of course, there's a two-day checkup after you get home. 
And I knew something was wrong because she stopped crying pretty much. Um, especially like that morning before we went to the doctor, she was still like opening her eyes and like, but she just like seemed like her energy was really low. So, uh, we went to her first doctor's appointment, myself and her and her father, and she had lost a pound. So, that's not good. Yeah. And the doctor, you know, he was so kind. And I just want to say this, that there's a lot of douchebag pediatricians <laughs> out there, and that really confuses me. Like, who... Who thinks that the perfect profession to go into is pediatrics if you're a douchebag? Like, uh, even women douchebags, okay? And I got so lucky with her doctor. He was so awesome. He was so amazing. He was so understanding. He was so kind to us. He was just everything. And when he told us that she had lost a pound, I just kind of lost it a little. And tears were coming down my face. And I couldn't, um, I couldn't stop crying. Um, but we gave her formula and she was good. Um, she was taking it. She was great. She was rehydrating. We went home. We finger fed her through a tiny tube. So we would have essentially a syringe, uh, with formula milk in it or breast milk. Cause I was still killing myself trying to pump, trying to breastfeed Every two hours, every three hours, whenever I could, however I could, you know, my mother-in-law at the time was, you know, making me oatmeal cookies, you know, all these things that are, you know, mother's milk tea, and I'm trying, and I'm, you know, and I hadn't really communicated with my mom, and she's just sending me text message asking me how's breastfeeding going, I'm so excited that you're doing it, and you know, it's, (laughs) looking back, um, I can see how babies can get unhealthy from lack of nutrition if a mother is just trying and trying and trying to breastfeed and she can't. So after probably two weeks, um, my nipples looked like they'd been dragged across concrete. Um, I'd been to see two different, um, oh my gosh, what are yeah, they? Consult. Lactation, Lactation nurses. Yeah. Okay, they're definitely called something else, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, we tried everything. And Noah, that's Luna's father, one day was just like, listen, there is nothing wrong with formula feeding her. You're killing yourself. Um, You're stressed out. There's, don't feel bad. Like, she's perfect. She's healthy. Like, everything's going to be okay. Um, And eventually, over the next few months and doctor's appointments and me bothering doctors and bothering doctors and bothering doctors, I did actually get an ultrasound done on my breast. And, in fact, I have, like, so little amount of uh, milk ducts or they just didn't develop yeah. um, 
when I was going through puberty for a reason that I have a whole theory about that, but that's a whole other story. So, and so we fed Luna breast milk and then it was, I'm sorry, we fed Luna formula and it was kind of hard because she also ended up having reflux. So we tried this formula, that formula. We eventually did find one that worked really well. Noah's sister, who was still breastfeeding her, boys and had abundance you know she donated breast milk to us so i could give luna uh breast milk sometimes which was really sweet of her um and obviously everything ended up fine and i loved holding her and i loved you know feeding her with a bottle and just looking at her while she's drinking the bottle and for me that's when the bonding that's where i felt me and her getting so close was just holding her in my arms and giving her Mm -hmm. nutrition, giving her her bottle. And that is really what it's about. It's really about finding like your center gravity, um, between you and your child. There's just like this deep, like primal connection Um, when you're holding your baby and you're just like in this place, like with your baby. And I found that place with a bottle full of formula. Um, and if someone would have told me that that would have happened, I would have argued with them a hundred percent. And I just, I just am now so. I am so saddened by the pressure we put on mamas. I was in a Facebook group that I'm no longer in. I'm not even any, I'm not even on Facebook anymore, but, um, and it was just all about breastfeeding and this and that. And they was kind of like some of the ladies that had pumped my brain up, like just, um, keep going. It's not too late. You can still have a breastfeeding relationship and I was just like, bitches, like, I get you're trying to be supportive, but, like, y- no. Like, it is too late. It's not going to fucking happen. Like, stop trying to stress me the fuck I, out. I signed off. It is too late. Uh, I'm done here. So, yeah, bitches. that's pretty much my story. Because I know 110% there are still women out there that think that any mom can breastfeed or she just doesn't mm-hmm. put in the effort. Um, there's something she's not doing right. Well, let me tell you. I had all the support in the world. I had tons of people supporting me, tons of understanding people, tons of not so understanding people. You know, uh, her father was great. I had local family. There was nothing more I could have asked for and it was not going to happen. It just wasn't. And I suppose a question could be like, do I regret that? If I could have have it, would I have breastfed her? Uh, or tried longer or harder. And no, fuck no. If anything, I would have given up yeah. a week sooner. So then I could have started <laughs> having this, you know, feeling with right. my daughter sooner. This peace. Yeah. Um, this maternal instinct. This overflowing of oxytocin. I hope I said that word right. But you know what I'm talking about. The feel-good home- hormone. I had all of that. You know, they say breastfeeding releases that. Let me tell you, holding your baby and looking at them in their eyes and admiring them while holding a bottle full of formula and feeding it to them, 100%, same exact thing. 
same exact feelings, same exact chemical reactions going on in my brain and my body. Um, I feel like I keep talking and keep talking because I like to talk. But I am going to say goodbye. Lish, I love you so much. I love, I love you your ladies podcast. Okay, I'm totally rooting for you guys and rooting for it. Um, thank, you. thank you so much for reaching out to me. And peace. 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 Um, that was great. So, Another like, oh God, oh. like I love this honesty. Like this is so good. Um, she's always fun and she's honestly a, a, just an incredibly kind, good hearted person, um, always has been. So thank you for sharing that story. That was hilarious and open and honest and raw. And, um, I think that something that she was saying is when her mom uh -huh. texts her and it's like, how's breastfeeding going? It's like, we don't uh -huh. know what uh -huh. we're saying sometimes, you know, like you don't know uh -huh. if that could be the most triggering thing for the person that you're speaking 100%. to. hundred percent. Um, it, it, I, I think you have to be, no, you don't have to be. Um, I try to be now very cautious and this is more recent than anything, but very cautious of what I'm saying, even saying like, how much did they weigh at the last doctor's appointment? Like I've said that, and I apologize if, if I've said that to um, new moms that I know, where oh he's so small, or oh she's so big, or oh right, um, right. You she's doing know. this, so, you know, like that's uh, I, that I don't know what is going on behind that. So um, I think it's nice to to try to be aware of what you are saying to new mothers in the future. Um, but. I, I, yeah, she, you know, she's talking about too, at the beginning, she's talking about, well, you know, I feel so sad about the way I, I thought about women who didn't breastfeed, but like, you don't know until you know, there's no way. And she, and yeah. the great thing about it is she's now looking back and going, man, I, I was wrong and I've grown and I've changed my ideas. And that's the best thing you can ask. Like mm -hmm. I keep thinking about cancel culture because mm -hmm. I feel like we're so heavy into cancel culture this year about everything. And like, I think yeah. fuck cancel culture. How about like, okay, you made a mistake or you had a thought that wasn't correct. You corrected it. So fuck. Yeah. Good for mm -hmm. you. Like, um, yeah, but I, I think absolutely. that like on both ends, you feel that way because you get it in your head. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing and this is how it's supposed to be. And if it would have worked for her, then, she, you know, she, but she would, she would have never seen the other side of it. And she probably would still think like, Oh, full formulas. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just an interesting, it's, it's so much about perspective and what you go through. And that's again, why these conversations are good to have mm -hmm. because, but exactly. I like, it's also really good to hear because I, uh, I, Owen cluster fed. And so I was not producing enough milk and it was mm -hmm. impossible. And I didn't know it. I didn't know. I didn't understand why he just wanted to be on my boob 24 seven. And yeah, you know, I, I looked up cluster. I looked, I remember looking up like cluster feeding and and there's just not enough resource out there. There aren't enough resources out there. I, I I remember posting it on message boards and like looking up what to do. And there's just nothing that tells you how to fix or 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm like off on a tangent right now, but I I, I just think. No, but like, or yeah. how to approach it. I mean, because again, that probably comes from, it's like a, I mean, so I haven't necessarily heard of that before you actually, I think, um, I think Billy's cousin actually as a baby was a cluster feeder. But um, other than that, though, I feel like that comes from, these are like those kinds of terms and experiences that you mm -hmm. only hear through word of mouth. They're not necessarily mm -hmm. things that you hear about mm -hmm. in classes or that you see on the internet and, and things like that. So, um, again, this is, it's, it's just good experiences to, um, or, or a good quality content is what we like to call it. <laughs> no. This is the real quality shit you've been looking for. This is the quality shit. Yeah. Um, but I think that that, you know, what what she was saying, and again, I just like I loved, I, I loved listening to that because I I love somebody yeah. dropping a nipple chat. I drop a nipple in a conversation, and I think it's like the best conversation I've ever had. I fucking love nipples. <laughs> Throw them all around, whatever size you are, pepperoni, pea. <laughs> I love a nipple. I love the word nipple. I love. A okay, anyway, <laughs> this is something new. Something new. I'm learning about you. I told you I flashed. I I love and I love, I loved in my day. We're just gonna move on from that. No, I I enjoy this conversation. I have never been comfortable with my boobs or nipples. So uh, well, nipple positivity. Yeah, uh, nipple positive oh, chat. I used to love my boobs. I used to love, love, love. I've never worn bras like my. Honestly, like my whole life, I've never worn bras. I've never been a bra person. I don't like them. I, I'm not like the kind of person who's like, get home from work and strip off your bra. Like, no, I don't wear one to work. Right. I, don't, I don't like it. I've never been comfortable with it. Uh-oh. But I, I loved my, I used to love my boobs. They were, I just felt like they were really good and like in the right place. And then, you know, you have a baby and things change. But that's okay. That's okay. We're moving on. We'll have that conversation soon. Yeah. We're going to have that conversation. I would love to have a whole episode about nipples. I, would I mean, I think we need to have a whole – well, we could just talk about nipples. Uh, I but would. also – I would suck that shit up. <laughs> Ooh, I'm feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> just the way I like it. Uh -huh. So something I just wanted to touch on, though, real quick is that – um. And, and she was saying, like, when she finally just fed her baby, yes, it felt yes, like yes. Um, that's when she finally connected. So mm -hmm. just a, a little reminder, I mean, for myself, everyone, you know, like, breastfeeding doesn't make you closer to your baby than formula feeding doesn't. People might mm -hmm. tell you that. Society might tell you that. It might feel like that because you are physically attached to your baby, but breastfeeding mm -hmm. does not change the bond that you have and will continue to have with your baby for the rest of their lives as well as I think we, the same thing it can be spoken about c-sections do not make you less of a birther or a uh-huh um or a mother or anything like that same thing with adoption it does not make you less of anything and I think that's what we are going to touch on next week right is uh mom guilt, mom guilt. Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's interesting I mean, I know you and I, you and I have talked about this, but it's funny because I we, we had C sections, and um, I never thought I didn't birth 
Owen. Like that never crossed my never. mind. I gave birth to him. But yeah. when Joe said to me, jokingly, I know he thought he was funny, but when he said to me, like, well, you didn't actually give birth in the, like a random conversation that he and I were having. I don't, I don't, I was talking to somebody, I don't know. And it was like, well, you didn't actually give birth as a funny joke. And it's like, um, oh, you're now like bringing me down on a, le- like, it's, it's, it's like shame. Oh, you're shaming me mm-hmm. for having to not like having him come out of a cut in my stomach, like having a fucking surgery instead of having him come out of my vagina. And like, who are you? You pop a baby out of what your did, what did you pee do? hole? Yeah, what did you do the whole time? Except you know, stand at attention when seven doctors ran in the room. Anyway, I mean, that's no, no no shame on him, but I. <laughs> I just like it was just that that moment of like this. You don't know what you're saying. You know, you, you you're making a joke, haha. You don't know what you're saying right. to somebody when you say that kind of thing. Sure, and and I think at the at the same time in in my head, I still feel weird about saying not weird. I don't. I feel confident in saying that I did give birth and this is this is what I did and and I had a C-section and I gave birth to my baby. That is my baby. It came out of my body. That to me is birth, right? Um, however, the word birth in my mm-hmm. mind still says canal passage, babies out. So when I think of that, and that's just society and, and, and systems yeah. in place and, yeah, and yeah. all of the movies and yeah. the yeah. Lifetime movies, like we were talking about earlier, yeah. right? Like that, that's all of that in your head. So when somebody, I've even caught myself and be like, well, you know, like I didn't give a natural birth. I had a, I had a C-section. It's like, listen. Natural birth, not natural birth, C-section, whatever the fuck you are doing, you are getting a body out of mm-hmm. your of mm-hmm. your body, which in the definition is giving birth. Mm-hmm. You know, the definition of birth, um, birth is like not. Yeah. How about. Like, I mean, I just, hope it's not. <laughs> through, I, well, I don't know. We, could, we could call Webster up. Through, we yeah. could call Webster, but uh, I'll tell him some things and he can change it up for us. I, I like, here's the other thing. Birthing is, is you know. Uh, yeah a few hours to a couple days, but there are 10 months prior to that, or, you know, there are an amount of months prior to birthing that you are building a child in your body, that women's bodies are creating a human being from Mm -hmm. fingernails to brain, to heart, to vessels, to valves, to what Mm -hmm. a complex being inside their body. So I don't give a Fuck if someone crawled up your vagina and pulled that baby out with like salad tongs, or if you like magic wand, or if you know, yeah, if if it got pulled out of you, you know, I don't really care. You gave birth and you built that baby, so like Mm -hmm. we are incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and some sometimes it's sometimes it's two minutes, and sometimes it's forty hours. Sometimes it's a week. I don't. I don't actually don't know if somebody's been in labor. God bless. Call us now. Bless up. (laughs) Oh my god. Lord, I don't. I I feel for. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I get I get heated up tonight. I think that that is perfectly what we should be doing. (laughs) Um. But, it, I mean, again, like, this just all circles back to, like, we heard two stories that um, were completely different, but the same underlying tone is, mm-hmm. right? Like, a, mm-hmm. a guilt and, and, mm-hmm. and feeling ashamed. And mm-hmm. so, again, um, we're going to 
we're going to touch on that a little bit deeper because I felt that in, in different ways, but in, mm-hmm. um, still do. And I probably will for a, a long time. I, I still care about, um, how I am perceived as a mother and mm-hmm. how I am raising my child. Um, there is still a little bit of that society's voice in my ear. And I think mm-hmm. that that's normal. So we're going to touch on that a little bit further this week. But this was fun doing a little, we thought it was going to be a, a little, a, a little, little quick like 20, chaser. A little 20 minute. No, it wasn't. Hey, an hour later, we're still here. We're still here. And you're welcome because this was good shit. So it was good shit. It was good shit. Um, thank you to speaking the of, people who are submitting your stories too, by the oh way. Oh my God. Thank we, you guys. Keep coming. Keep them keep coming. coming. We'll just keep doing these little episodes if we yeah. need to. We want to fit everybody in. So definitely you know we'll find it we will we will always make space for you absolutely Absolutely. yeah um yeah and uh you know with all this talk of babies just you know remember for fuck's sake shake your beverages not your babies bye Bye. time to hit the bottle there (laughs)